Hey everyone, my name is Dave Nixon and welcome to the Alpha Theta Flow podcast. This is Flow 733 uh, and today I'm going to talk about healing, uh, more specifically a quote from Hippocrates. Before you heal someone, ask him if he's willing to give up the things that make him sick. Before you heal someone, ask him if he's willing to give up the things that make him sick. Hmm. I mean, the other way to think about this is before I start to heal, ask myself, am I willing to give up the things that make me sick? There's many different iterations of this quote. I think it's it's important to be able to see this in today's climate and the ability to self-reflect and have some self-awareness and ask ourselves the question. And it may not feel like healing and it may not feel like sickness, because both of those things can show up in different ways. And so uh, healing can sometimes be maturity. Healing can sometimes be self-forgiveness or forgiveness of other. There's so many variations of what healing actually looks like. And then there's also so many variations of what sickness actually looks like. Sickness could be, you know, sudden feelings of anxiousness because you're out of control of the situation. It could be anger. Sickness could also be... um, the the numbing effect and then the desire to eat there's there's so many not eating in general that's that's a pretty important thing up there with breathing but it's a pretty important thing to understand that healing and sickness are not just a black and white you know on and off thing many variations to both it it also is similar to a, a quote from george goodriff who said the last thing people will let go of is their pain last thing people let go of is their pain. And it's because it's wrapped up in their identity. And so for those of us that may, maybe we self-sabotage, if you can relate to that or not, or we yo-yo, we, we, we're doing really well and then we, we end up being, ah, oh, fuck, I'm back here again. Why do I keep doing this? It's like that might feel really frustrating. And then the way that we end up shaming ourselves about fucking up again is really interesting because it actually keeps us in this loop. And so I, I come from a, a place where I don't think people self-sabotage at all. People act in accordance to what they truly believe they deserve. So in, more often than not, if they were to actually obtain the goal that they had in the front of their mind, it would be in contrast to the goal of or, or to the belief system they have in the back of their mind of what they think they deserve. The thing they're after, they don't think they deserve, so they continue to self-sabotage because they have to act in accordance to the map of reality that is unconscious. And so yo-yoing is is recognizing these unconscious patterns, and this is why coaching and similar is so powerful because it can point to these, but it's so can journaling and meditation and, and your own journey and pathway and practice is crucial. And so, you know, pain is the last thing people let go of because it allows them, gives them something to, to, this is my pain. This is mine. I get to have it. This is my sickness, whether they realize that or not. And this is where you hear people like, you don't understand. That person is literally standing in front of a mirror saying, you don't understand. They think they're saying it to someone else, but they're saying it to themselves. So the crux of all this is that our pain our sickness, it serves us. In what way does it serve us? In what way is it potentially, in any possible way, is it serving us? And a lot of the time people will be like, oh, obviously it's not. 
It's like, well, why would you keep it around? It's like, I'm not keeping it around. It's like, well, you brought it up. It's like, because that's because it's there. So, so it's there. It's like, well, it's, it's always there. It's like, so when you say it, it makes it an actual thing. It is an object. Is it an object? No. Where does it exist? Well, in my memories, which is mine. And so we have to be willing these are these these words are loose to give up the power that that gives us right are we willing to give up the sickness or the pain because we cannot have that play a large role in our, our identity whilst simultaneously healing a flower cannot still be a seed it has to be able to grow this is the same for the acorn and acorns can't be an acorn and an oak tree. It has to be able to grow past that. And so for us, now to clarify with using that analogy, there's two things I want to point to that. The acorn, like the oak tree comes out of the acorn. It's the same thing for us. Our future, our, our potential comes out of us, comes through us. And the acorn may always be a part of the history, but it's not us now. And one of the challenges is, is people that don't go past that is that they're still the acorn. And it's a, there's, there's a, I can't remember where I first read this, but I loved it. It was like shaming us, shaming ourselves for like doing something wrong or for something like that we used to, yeah, like something that we're not yet, right? It's like, I should be here and I'm not there and all this sort of stuff. Like there's no fucking timeline, but it's like, it's like yelling at an acorn because it's not the oak tree. Just give it time. Look after it. It's the same for you. Give yourself time. Look after you. Make sure you, you, you know, give yourself some water, get some rest, and you can grow from there. And the beauty of all this is that if we try and maintain what we were, we will never become who we could be. So the ways that we get around this is that, we, firstly, we have to be able to catch our self-talk. An example of that is, fuck, why do I always do this? Even in that language, why do I always do this? Right, and this depends on what the person may be um, insinuating or pointing at. Yet this could be the self-sabotage behavior that they're identifying. And so, for them, with that language, why do I always do this? We start to see that it becomes permanent, and you hear that in the language of why do I always? It's personal. I why do I always? Personal pervasive and permanent and do this and so when it becomes personal pervasive and permanent we cannot grow past that we cannot mature through it we have to turn personal pervasive and permanent into that there then and it starts to lose its emotional hook on us it starts it stops pulling us back to where we used to be but we have work to do to get there. We have to first be honest with ourselves and realize that we keep this pain around. There's a positive intention behind it. It may not feel like it. It may not look like it, but if you could really guess and really think what potential positive intention could this pain have that is the reason I'm still keeping it around. And when we recognize that, we don't reject it. We recognize the reason why there's actually a, a benefit to it. And it could be that, well, it gave us attention. When I was younger, the, my older sisters started to care for me more if I was crying or upset. So being sad actually gave me more 
of what I wanted, which was attention and love, than being happy. So it's easy to be sad because when I was younger, that gave me the system of understanding if I'm sad, then I'll be loved. Whereas if I'm happy, no one actually cares about me. Everyone thinks everything's fine, so no one actually checks in. So it's actually better to be sad because then people check in with me, right? And so you see that and you can see how easy it is that people then shove that in the back of their unconscious and as an adult have this issue of then they get sad and people leave because it's like, mate, you got to fucking sort your shit out. <laughs> You're an adult. So we have to be honest. We have to look at it and then we accept it. We don't reject it because that was a part of us. That was the acorn. And from there, as soon as we can bring ourselves to our center, and that's your solar plexus, breathe deep, we then get to choose, how do I want to respond to this? And this takes time. The gap between stimulus response can, to begin with is long. It could be a week. Sometimes it turns into a day and then, and then a minute. And then later on, it becomes a new groove and you can do it straight away. The issue around this though is that if we don't do anything, yo-yos don't stop. That's why it's called a yo-yo. It yo-yos. It keeps doing it. But you can stop the yo-yo. It doesn't stop by itself. You're either controlling the yo-yo, so you're actually making it do it, do its thing, or you can stop it. That's up to you. On that note, team, I'm done. Thank you very much for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. And if you did, uh, it would mean the world to me if you like, subscribe, share it with a friend. Uh, if you're interested in learning more about the inner game or the coaching circle, then head to alphathetaflow.com. I would love to see you guys on the other side. Otherwise, you can also grab a copy of my book, Mining Yourself, anywhere online that sells books or at my website as well. That's it from me. Big love. Peace and pizza. I'll see you all soon.